Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another, I guess, off-season already episode of Jaybird Watching. We got all sorts of fun with a rumor mill going on. Once again, with me on the you know the, the off-season short bus here, Adam Corsair and Brendan Panikar. How we doing, fellas? Yo, yo, what up? Very good. How are you, Craig? Wonderful. Just having uh, just as much fun going through these rumors and wonder what the hell is really going to happen with this offseason, guys. And I think that right there in lies the monster, you know, big elephant in the room here. What's going on and where is everything going to be going? Because this team is teetering on the edge. But before we talk into that going like crazy into a playoff run this coming season and picking up where we just left off, let's talk where we were. Guys, tonight is the epic five-year anniversary of in my opinion the 20 you know the 2000 new millennium version of the shot heard around the world and that is the jose bautista backflip one of the most ridiculous things that i've ever seen in baseball with what leads up to the lowest of the lows to what ends up being the highest of the highs for blue jays fans literally both ends of the spectrum in what the course of an hour and a half yes yeah, <laughs> something like that, fellas. But um, seeing Mr. Panikari out of this group, you were the one that was physically at the game. Give us the rundown, man. The the electric, you know, build up to, from the fact that there were literally beer cans flying through the stadium, and <laughs> before that, to the what was the most joyous of occasions. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna get this out there. I've already accepted that I will probably never be a sporting event that, that that's that crazy and that many mood swings all in one go. Uh, it's, it was insane. Like I know in the past, uh, I, when I've been on Adam's show, South of the six, when you still had the blue Jays aspect of your website and podcast before you went to Raptors, um, I've gone into detail on that. All I'll say is, um, for anybody who was able to be there, it will probably go down as the most memorable game for every, all the 48,000 or so who were there. Just the fact that you had that stupid, stupid throwback to Aaron Sanchez on the mound that went off of Shinsu Chu's bat. Uh, I think it was Odor came in to score. Uh, and then just chaos ensues after that because it looks like Dale Scott, the home plate umpire, uh, blows the play dead. So everybody's like, okay, well, we won't do anything. We'll try to get him out. Uh, and then they go back and look, go to the rule book, and it's a perfectly illegal play. Uh, Odor was allowed to go through and score on there. And then that's when the chaos happened. After the PA announcer went on and explained everything, uh, beer cans started being thrown. Uh, people were swearing like crazy. 
Uh, I did not throw a beer can. Uh, I'm one sure of my you were with. <laughs> yeah, well, I was swearing. That's for sure. Uh, it's pretty intoxicated at the time too, being the seventh inning. But uh, uh, my buddy Mike didn't throw anything either. But going from that, where I'm like, of course, this would be the most Blue Jays thing to lose this way possible, to three errors from Elvis Andrews, to Sam Dyson coming in for Cole Hamels, uh, and just. I don't know how the Rogers Center roof was able to stay on that night. Like it was just the loudest thing ever. It was it was crazy. That's all I'll say. Everybody who watches the videos over and over again, I'm sure uh, it just brings you back to such a happy time and it makes you miss that 2015 team. Adam, yeah. So what makes this special is you know obviously this is probably the moment or the series or that season that a lot of Blue Jays fans came to be. Um, you know, I'm sure there are people listening to this or watching this right now that were became a fan, a diehard fan of this team as a result of that postseason run or shortly before that in the regular season when David Price came and Troy came and everything. Um, for me, it's it's one of those moments that you just you'll never forget. You'll never forget where you were, the mood you were in, the the position you were sitting in, the clothes you were wearing, everything to the most minute detail. Um, you'll never forget it. I, I remember coming home from work because this came on, I think it was an early game. I think it started around four. Um, game, that's yeah. My story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was driving home and of course I'm nervous. That whole series was nerve wracking. Uh, let alone, first of all, it's a five game series. Right. And the Rangers came up, I think it was 02. They started, they won the first two games. We take the the next two and we come back to Toronto. And Stroman started this game. Yeah. Yeah. And he's coming off an ACL injury. So you don't know what you're getting here. Um, And just everything, the the buildup to everything about it was just so crazy. And I remember coming home, clutching my jersey. And my wife knows that when it comes to, baseball and when it comes to the blue jays and this is indicative of all baseball we're very superstitious right and she's like where do you want me to sit and how do you want me to sit and i just remember saying sit over there and just let's let's go let's go on this ride and like you brendan i remember after the the top of the seventh i'm thinking of course this is how they lose of course this is what happens of course the blue jays end up losing this because of some weird obscure rule that no one has ever seen in their lifetime and we probably <laughs> won't see that again we probably will never fan think this yeah that's true <laughs> that's you know we true. probably will never see a catcher throw the ball back and hit off the bat like just perfect timing when he's just like stretching out his arms and it hits it, it was the most obscure thing ever and I'm thinking to myself, of course this is how they lose. And those three outs that should have been by Andrews, I'm thinking this is this is a gift. This is a gift. This is a gift. And the whole Thanks crescendo, yeah, dude, the whole crescendo of that happening, the bottom of the seventh, leading up to Jose Bautista hitting that, it was just perfect. Everything about that is the perfect culmination of, A, what it was like to be a Blue Jays fan and finally witness success. Because a lot of people that were watching that game probably weren't uh, you know, around to appreciate 1992 and 93. Um, but seeing that, finally getting ours, finally getting a moment, and, and one that you'll just never forget. To me, I know a lot of people like to talk about the shot with Kawhi. I get it. 
and I'm not taking anything away from that, but that was by far the best sports moment I've ever had in my life, ever, ever had. That's including the Raptors winning the championship. This still tops it because this was first, and the Blue Jays, it was a long time coming for them to get to this point. So for me, it's one of those moments that I will just, I will never, ever, ever forget anything about it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. As I get a, you know, an extra fan here from the peanut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the craziest thing about this whole thing is when everybody was examining the rule and how the Sinshu Chu thing, you know, takes place and Runador runs in the home plate and everything. But did anybody notice that he was so close to holding that bat out into the actual strike zone? And that yeah, never really became a part of the talk. You know, if it's literally this much over into the plate area, that is actually a dead ball. It literally, we got screwed by like this much, fellas. <laughs> literally. <laughs> There's really no other way of saying it. So, to see that like literally happen in the baseball gods, kind of give us the finger there for a minute. And then all of a sudden, all the errors. It's like, yeah. okay, maybe this is a 50-50. We still have a chance. And then you see who comes to the plate. And if somebody feeds off of anger any more than Jose Bautista in the Blue Jay lineup at the time. I don't know who it would be. I really don't. This is a guy that got thrown at how many times and then literally the following pitch or the following at bat just says, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> and, and tease it up off of the windows, you know. It's just how it is. It was just very fitting. And what a way for Jose Bautista to solidify because – he didn't have that moment, never really had the opportunity to have that crazy moment, fellas. And for a guy that, you know, more or less was the Roberto Alomar of the, you know, modern era of Toronto Blue Jays baseball, for him to have that Joe Carter-esque moment, perfect. There was really no other way of saying it. You couldn't script it any weirder yes. <laughs> than how he ends up leading into that home run. And then watching the emotion pour out of him and his teammates rushing out of the dugout in all the little and whatnot's yeah. going on and everything. It was just perfect. It just shows how glued together that team was in 2015, that they all gathered around Jose Bautista, and that was for him to have that moment, and it was perfect. Ryan Goins. Like Ryan Goins. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious <laughs> that it's not Alfredo Griffin on deck either, too. You would have had to go through uh, Edwin Encarnacion if you didn't <laughs> have to go through him. I'm like, I can't believe Mitch Williams even pitched to Joe Carter in 93. It makes yeah. no sense. Jim Fergosi dropped the ball on that one because Alfredo Griffin was on on deck. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so it's, it's crazy it's how crazy. history works. And it's the same spot as Joe Carter's home run. It was the same area in left field, which makes yeah. it sort of sort of eerie. Um, Looks like there's a gravitas going on in left yeah. field. Yeah. Oh, and ball, even, right? <laughs> even though that was uh, the seventh inning, after that happened. There was no doubt in my mind. We're, I didn't even need to watch the rest of it. Of course I did. But yeah. I, I, it was just, we're not losing this game. Yeah. And it, it just the, the raw emotion, I'm sure, Brandon, for you, it was, it was even more intense being there. But the raw emotion that came out of me, just the scream was just like, the, oh it, it was just pushing everything, like all the, the white knuckling of my chair and just seeing it, whoa, and just falling to the floor tears and i was i just knew i will never witness anything this great ever again i just won't so, 
I know yeah. you guys know this story, but I have to tell it because I had the weird delayed reaction to all this stuff because at the time we were writing at Jay's journal. Yeah. And I had a, as far as my personality and my loves, I had the weirdest moral conundrum of my life that evening. <laughs> I had to go, I had tickets to see Alice Cooper and Motley Crue. And at the time that was supposed to be the end of Motley Crue. They're never going to tour again. And if it, you know, if COVID doesn't happen, that might have changed fast. Yeah. But right now, I'm still one of the last people to see Motley Crue play live. So that night was the same night as the, you know, the this game. And I was in a bar at Pearl Street, which I know Brendan has been to and has enjoyed with me. And I'm sure Adam will venture to at some point in his next Buffalo trip. Sure. <laughs> but I'm sitting there goofing around, having beers, eating German food and having a wonderful time watching the game. And I'm starting looking at my watch. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to miss Alice Cooper if we don't go now. So I tur start turning my phone off. I'm like, I'm not going on a media blackout until the end of the game. I'm recording the game at home. I'm going to watch it when I get home with no interruptions, which is hard to do when I'm a Blue Jays baseball writer. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting ready to leave the bar. And that's when the little Russell Martin toss happens. Mm. It's it was like, oh, my God, how can I leave? You know, so I ended up staying for longer than I had thought, but it wasn't going anywhere. It was just dead silent and screaming and beer can throwing and all terribleness for like 45 minutes. Wasn't it, Brendan? Oh, yeah. It was a good time before anybody finally got back to playing. So at this time, I went to the concert, had a great time from what I recall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I got home and I turned on the DVR and I, I just fast forwarded all the way to that point. I continued to watch the, you know, where, literally the minute that I, you know, picked up. I watched the rest of the freaking uh, terribleness, and then I continued to watch the game. About an hour later, I literally wake up my wife, neighbors, kids, everything, as I'm like, cable flip. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> so I just thought it was crazy that I had to be able to make that story like that, that it just... It was perfect. Like I said, I was so glad that if I was ever going to go on a media blackout for something, I'd... He picked yeah. the right thing to finally have that same moment that everybody else had because I didn't have any clue. And then I finally, so that, that home run happened and I finally turned on my phone and saw everybody celebrating because I, <laughs> like you, Adam, I knew as soon as that happened, I'm just seeing Cole Hamill sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> the game was over. There was no wind left in that sale. That thing had been sunk and left for dead <laughs> and the Texas Rangers dugout done over with. Over. <laughs> it it really felt like all those years between playoff appearances, the night the Joe Carter walk off to when they finally got back, just feel like all that was just erased and gone. It's like we're moving on from this playoff drought that everybody was making fun of us for. Or even if they weren't making fun, we were always on these lists of the most active playoff droughts in each of the big professional sports leagues. Now it's the Mariners, thank goodness, since we've made the playoffs three times since then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, and. Back in like 2008, 2009, Blue Jays had flirted with the po the postseason uh, with the new format. They obviously would have made it with a second wild card. They, I think they would have made it once or twice. But regardless, I always dreamt, whatever I would dream about the Blue Jays in my sleep, that they would go to the ALCS at least the first time I saw them in the playoffs. So after that home run was hit, I'm just like, I'm going to be done after five games. And we're going to get more. We're going to get a full seven-game series here against whoever we play next. And so after the game was done, 
we I think we went to like three different bars because all of them were packed. People that weren't at the game, all, all the condos that are around there, as you guys know. Party on people, the streets. Oh it's yeah, nice. like right along Bremner to Spadina was all shut down. People were just running around there. But by the time we were able to finally sit back down at a bar and watch Houston and Kansas City to see if Game One of the ALCS would be in Toronto Friday night or if they were going to Kansas City, I'm just like, okay, now we can enjoy this and watch this next game and they're going to play. And when we got there, Houston was still up, right? They had a 7-2 lead, I think it was. And it was Kansas City who came back, I think, in the sixth or seventh inning. If the Blue Jays played the Astros, that version of the Astros, I would have no doubt in my mind that they would have won that series in five or less, maybe even four. Just with the way the Astros were back then, a lot of swings and misses in their lineup, a lot of young guys. After it was Kansas City, I wasn't upset because I knew that 2015 team, like I'm sure you guys did, just felt like a team of destiny and a team that should have won the World Series. They were by far the best team after the trade deadline in American League, National League, whatever. After it was Kansas City, it's just kind of like, okay, they're hot. They got to this spot last year and got to the World Series and almost tied it and won it. And now they're going to be extra hungry. So I'm like, eh, let's see what happens here. I still thought they were going to win, but Houston would have been the team they could have mopped the floor with. Angel Remember? Hernandez be damned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember the um, it was in the regular season. It was shortly after, or maybe before. I think it was after Price was traded to the to the Blue Jays, and there was a bench clearing brawl between yes. the Royals and the Blue Jays. And my buddy's a Royals fan, and I said, "That's going to be your ALCS. I promise you, <laughs> that is your ALCS. You watch." And it happened. And I remember saying to my wife, "I said we can beat them." Oh, yeah. We can beat the Royals. We can yeah. we can beat them. And, you know, it, obviously a lot of things came into the, the reason why we lost that series. You can It starts off with that kid who reached over the fence. Um, <laughs> you're, you're still public enemy number one, buddy. But, um, you know, Bautista just being so – I think he hit a, a foul, but it was a long home run-ish foul. Um, the one that went over the pole? Yeah, it was <laughs> – I, I was literally thinking, okay, we we have a shot here. Um, Pompey at third base. I'm thinking uh, to myself, <laughs> we we can we can still salvage this. And to this day, and you know, you can call it sour grapes. You can call it me being a baby. Um, it, I think it was a ground ball to third. Yep. And they threw it to first to get Bautista out. I turned it off. I did not want to see that final out. I was like, I'm not. I will not witness this because there was a part of me. That was just, I don't want to let this go. Like, everything about that season and that trade deadline and that postseason, it was just, even now, I look back on it super fondly, even more than 2016, because it's just, I will never have that sort of experience with the team. And, you know, it makes me, Brendan, it makes me wonder, you know, when, and Craig, not to hijack hosting duties here, but it (laughs) makes me wonder, um, you know, you talked about how the city of Toronto responded I mean, I would, obviously we were all witnessing the Raptors and the craziness in, in the streets. What was crazier? Ooh, the, like that's a good question. Which was, <laughs> when the Raptors won the NBA championship, or we'll say no, no, no. We'll say oh, when no, no. the the, the Mother's Kawhi, Day, the shot, yeah, the, the shot. Kawhi shot. Oh well, after the Kawhi shot, I went out into my balcony, and this is still when I was living in the downtown core, and. And this happened in the NBA Finals, too, after every single game. But everybody would go out in their balcony and scream and just at the top of their lungs. Yeah. That's what happened for the Kawhi shot. There were some people, I believe, that went out onto the streets. But I think just the amount of people and the fact that it was 
the Jays and just the time of year Raptors yeah. just started up. Going the on. Leafs, yeah, and the Leafs were just starting up too. Um, I think the Blue Jays were, but the Kawhi shot wasn't that far behind. I can tell you that much. It, there was a lot of noise that night. <laughs> Two claps yeah. on the Ric Flair. Yes. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I love that. So, so good. sorry, I couldn't help it. It was just too. No, perfect. of course, <laughs> absolutely. So, but no, I agree with you guys. And it, 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 Donaldson Dash and everything the following year, it was good. Don't get me wrong, but there's just there was no other level of that. That is one of the biggest home runs in baseball. Yes. Period. Oh yeah. I, think. I don't think that's not even uh, just a Blue Jays thing. And in all reality, if you didn't have a walk-off World Series game-winning home run, that would probably be the Blue Jays baseball home run of all time. And I, I just think the only argument you really have on that whole situation is there's literally only been two World Series winning home runs in yeah. base, baseball history, and one of them is literally called the shot heard around the world because yes. the little Pirates beat the Yankees, <laughs> and then Joe Carter. Yeah. <laughs> It started a culture war, and that's not even hyperbole. It started a baseball yeah. culture war. Can you flip a bat? Literally, this is it was. I think Goose Gossage was like, "That's disrespectful to the game." Uh, it just yeah. it literally started a culture war. It started the let the kids play movement. Yeah, <laughs> it totally did. Batista was made out to be an enemy, while Tatis Jr. When he flipped his bat, everybody was like going crazy. It's like, oh my god, that is amazing! Yeah. And even MLB's social media was trying to compare that with the bat flip. It was like, it's no, not no, 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 it's not, not the same. Like, it looks similar, but it's not you. Not even yeah. the same emotional level at all. No, no, no. Not at all. There's nobody in the stands. I'm sorry to yeah. say that. Yeah, that, yeah. That roar on those videos for Jose Bautista oh. that you hear is yeah. still. Even in the videos, it's not like anything I've ever heard in a video before. Yeah, yeah. The camera's shaking. The floor's shaking. shaking. I don't know how Brendan is still here because we always hear there's problems with the foundation of the Rogers Center. It's a concrete dome. A concrete dome was shaking, guys. Like that's yeah. that's amazing. Oh, I I recalling something right now. There was a show, uh, a podcast. I think Donaldson, um, a member of TFC. I think I want to say it was Josie Altador. Uh, and Bo Bichette, uh, the three of them were on a podcast. I might be wrong on the TFC player, uh, but definitely Donaldson and Bichette. And they That's were going back and f- uh, they were going back and forth on that bat flip and talking about it. And Bichette's like, yeah, from everything I've heard is like, you can hear it from like two miles away or whatever. And Donaldson comes in, but also this, the TFC player, I think it was Josie Outdoor says from that night, TFC was playing. You could hear the Roger center from BMO field. And wow. Bebo Field is a little, I believe, I want to say a little bit more than two miles from the Rogers Center. It's not you close. Can hear it. It's not close. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> it always so. feels like that stretch of highway whenever I visit takes a good hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it all comes into Spadina or wherever, or Young Street. Yep. That's, yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, but good stuff, fellas. I don't want to take the whole show over sure. with a bat flip uh, anniversary, but. We could. I don't see that. Maybe that's just going to have to be a whole thing because we already did a home run talk one last off season. That will have to re-air, I guess now. <laughs> but we'll do a 2015 versus 2016 Blue Jays debate. We can even throw in the 2020 Blue Jays. Love we'll it. What we like, what we don't like. There you like. go, Mr. Host, for I that love week. love it. Hey, there you go. I won't do it next week, but that will definitely be a later in the off season one. Yes. All I heard is I got to start a to-do list on our uh, team's thing so we actually can remember this crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Note to self. Yes. 
<laughs> so first, fellas, I want to just see we're talking playoff baseball now for a minute. I just want to do a quick gloss over and more or less to say, thank God the Yankees are dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you guys had mentioned that the 2015 Astros might have been easier to eat or be easier to beat for the Blue Jays, but they weren't banging on trash cans yet. I know that we're all hoping and praying that they go down here to the Rays. Maybe. What are your guys' opinions on that one? Is it going? Are you rooting for the, you know, the newfound Astros or are you rooting for the Rays, which are the team that are in our own division and knocked us out of the playoffs in 2020? Brendan, Great. you want to start? Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I saw you coming. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I have a feeling it's the same. Yeah, I, I'll i be honest. I didn't want the Rays to win at all uh, in that series. Uh, I think I said it a few weeks ago. Just go back and look from like 2012 or whenever they officially became the Rays and dropped the Devil Rays. Ever since then, it's just been terrible, terrible losses forever at Tropicana Field against the Rays. Just the stupidest stuff, which is why they just frustrate me so much. Because we saw in that two-game playoff series in game one when they only lost 3-1, in other games throughout the regular season, 2020, or just a regular full season when you play them 19 times, how beatable they do seem. Because there's no superstars on the Tampa Bay Rays. They have some stars, for sure. Like we've seen, Tyler Glasnow is fantastic. Blake Snell is fantastic. They got really good. But... The Blue Jays have struggled so much more against the Rays and lost in probably so much more heartbreaking fashion than they have against the Yankees. And so that, I just don't, other than the fact that the Yankees spend a ton of money and they're in our division and they just have the reputation, if you remove the reputation of the Yankees alone, it's the Rays for me, man. Like, they're the team that bothers me the most. I know we can compete with the Red Sox. I know we can compete with the Yankees because we have more often the last five years. It's the Rays who are always the ones that give us trouble. So... When you look at it now, the fact that they've gotten through, it's like, okay, fine. Like, I mean, I'm not upset that the Yankees are gone. Uh, I'm not upset that the Rays have moved on. I would have preferred the Yankees. But, um, yeah, I don't want the Astros to win. So I'm fine if the Rays sweep them and move on uh, this evening. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's really really hard for me not to – I'm surprised, Brent. It's really hard for me to dislike the Rays. Um, you got to give it to them that they, they're really good at talent development. They're really good at scouting and they're really good. They're what the A's want to be. Yeah. (laughs) Billy B hasn't figured out that last calculation. How to be the Rays. Although if you want to watch Moneyball, it's on Netflix here in the States. I'm sure it is in Canada. Yes. (laughs) Cheap and good. Like, yeah. this is a good team. And the fact that they beat the Yankees proves proves that you can spend all the money you want. All yeah. the money you want. But if if you have a solid squad, no, it doesn't matter how cheap or how expensive it is. You're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose. And if, it, if you're the better team, no matter what the payroll is, you will win. And for me, there's something very compelling and very likable about that with the Rays. And maybe it's because I'm blinded by my pure hatred for the Red Sox. Um, and the Yankees are definitely second in line in there. But I look at the Rays and even, you know, the Orioles, whatever. I don't care. But <laughs> when it comes to the Rays, I'm just like, yeah, man. Yeah, you can. I, I like you guys, too. Because they're, in a way, they're sort of similar to the Blue Jays without the big market appeal. 
right? Without the strength of an entire country behind them. They're, it seems like the the Jays are sort of, I don't want to say mimicking the same sort of structure as the Rays, but they are developing or at least attempting to develop in the same vein. And so if you see the Rays success, you want that for the Blue Jays. You want that to be sort of mirrored in process with the Blue Jays. So it's really hard for me not to to like the Rays. I, I enjoy watching them play. Um, except when they beat the Blue Jays, I obviously yeah. don't like that. But outside of that, seeing them beat the the Yankees, I hope they sweep the Astros because it's just it's perfect for them to have that capped off with their season as a result of everything that's happened previously. And I want to see them go to a World Series. It's only happened once with the Rays, and I, it would be really fun to see them win. You know, it I like seeing the small market teams win, and Atlanta's sort of a, a big market, and they do spend a little bit. The Dodgers, we know they spend a lot. Just a touch. Um, yeah, just a touch. And <laughs> it would see, literally like, be what was it? The Moneyball at the beginning of the movie. They compared the dollar amount of the Oakland yeah. A's to the Yankees at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the same equation, David versus Goliath, as far as financials are concerned. And yeah. it's insane. Yeah. And if imagine if the Rays beat the Dodgers. First of all, it's terrible news for the Dodgers. Terrible. Because <laughs> if you can't win against the cheapest <laughs> team in baseball, you got to at least blow it up now. It's got to right. be a consideration. It's got to be a consideration at this point. Build a team around Mookie Betts because he just paid him. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, if if the Dodgers do win, it's a nice little tie-in together with the Lakers and stuff, and L.A. is going to be really happy. But in that regard, I would just like to see Tampa Bay win it. I like seeing the little guys win. Yeah. 2020 Definitely. feels like the kind of season the Rays would win a championship. Yes. It really yes. does. Now that I think about it, I think I... Well, why? Because it's uh, short and sweet, just like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look what I just want to add. Campaign you can be cheap and successful, which I don't. It doesn't matter. You can, you can win champions, right? So, so just, just because you brought up the financials to it, the quote-unquote 28-man payroll for the Los Angeles Dodgers for this year was 77165961 It's a, It's a little bit of a penny. I'm going to go, that's the number two payroll in all of baseball, only behind the Yankees, who the Rays have already beaten. So I'm going to go all the way to the bottom of the list now. <laughs> They're pretty damn near close to it. 28th ranked financial backing for, 20, or for 2020. The Tampa Bay Rays have a 23,156,962 payroll. It is literally roughly... $55 million less. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Who's the cheapest? Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, uh, and and considerably. Holy shit. I knew they yeah. weren't paying anybody, but holy crap. Who the fuck are the Rays paying in I comparison didn't. to this? <laughs> 10, 000, or $10 million, 252278 yeah. for the Aces. Yeah. And <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates are a mere $2 million above that. Wow. Yeah, and I thought the Pittsburgh Pirates had more talent on that roster than the where the Orioles currently sit. I was thinking that the the Pittsburgh has a sneaky chance of being one of those teams this year. Didn't pan out as their pitching didn't, but they have the young raw talent that you would hope to have. Where the yeah, yeah. Orioles were flashing the pan more, I think, than anything. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. That's the big part, fellas, of what we, I think, can care about on this show as far as what's going on in the postseason. Until tonight, because <laughs> it's now 15-1 to 1 Dodgers, yeah. the, uh, the Atlanta Braves have flat out been owning the Dodgers. 
The Dodgers had not lost a postseason game this this year until they ran into the Atlanta Braves. They swept both series against the Brewers and the Padres. Kind of assumed against the Brewers, just saying. But <laughs> it was um, slightly crazy the fact that you know all of a sudden it seems like they ran into a you know steamroller with the uh, Atlanta Braves. Adam. It's nice to see that maybe somebody with some Blue Jays connections might have a chance to get in the World Series here. The Alex Anthopoulos Braves era is apparently in full swing, and actually until tonight, like I said, derailed slightly, but they're up two games to probably one after the close of business tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not insurmountable at all, and it's fun to see uh, Anthopoulos because I'm sure there are still uh, a bunch of Anthopoulos truthers that are Toronto Blue Jays fans right now that are still pulling for him. Um, I don't necessarily consider myself a truther, but I do consider myself a fan of Alex Anthopoulos because, I mean, he was always class. um, Just the way he carried himself was respectable. So obviously I want to see him succeed. Um, Obviously this is a terrible score right now. You never want to be down by 14 runs um, into the fifth inning. But There's one guy that doesn't have a hit on this lineup for the Dodgers right now. I think it was Chris Taylor. Oh, geez. Okay. One guy. Yeah, and you just take this as a practice game for the rest of the way, unless you can pull out a crazy comeback, which would be awesome. It'd be um, nice to see him march into the bullpen for the Dodgers a little bit, but yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I just think, look, I, I know I predict... Probably in an inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still going, that's crazy. Um, I, I, I did predict a Dodgers-Rays World Series, and I, I still sort of lean towards that, despite the 2-0 deficit that the Dodgers are facing in terms of games, but... Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta took this. If it's Atlanta, Tampa Bay, I'm leaning heavily on Tampa Bay. I think they can they can win it for sure if they face Atlanta. You guys remember my prediction? I had the Yankees versus the Astros yeah. in the, this round, but the Yankees obviously didn't pan out. But I did pick did pick the Braves to go all the way to the World Series and yeah. actually win it. Yep. <laughs> so there was something about the whole fact that their offense all of a sudden right now. With, until this evening, and it still could come out, mm-hmm. has been on fire. And the pitching has been just enough. Maybe that spells to win. I don't know what's going on all of a sudden with the Dodgers, with the Atlanta Braves. They have their number right now. Yeah. I really, until this evening, that's one thing. But, you know, they do have the reigning MVP in Cody Bellinger, and he's betting sixth. Yeah. <laughs> that's just insane. But. There's a lot going on, I think, right now for the Braves to be able to do something proper. Uh, but I, I the, if this is what's going on in the Dodgers ballpark right now, all of a sudden, it wouldn't shock me all of a sudden that this is a seven-game series. It really, really? It's going to okay. be. The Dodgers looked lost the first two games to me. And if this is the wake-up call, Urias has looked really good on the mound, and now that they don't have to pitch him, saving the bullpen – Unlike in the other series, which we saw, which was the Yankees' complete downfall, them pr- trying that you can't outraise the Rays with the Yankees' problem. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's the only way you can put it, I think, because Debbie Garcia pitched one fucking inning. <laughs> yeah, that their their bullpen was completely screwed for the rest of that for that because of that one move. And there's I don't think there's any way the Yankees shot themselves in the foot. Can't outraise the Rays, and there you go. So they should just put everything out there like they normally would and played old school baseball against the Rays, I think is really the only way to beat them. Because I, the Blue Jays did try to do the same thing. And the same shit happened. They're what do crafty. I they're crafty, <laughs> man. They're, they're, like I said, they're a scrappy young team. And what I like about them is the flexibility of the fact that they can change up their game plan. Um, they're unpredictable, which is why I think a lot of 
uh, well, rather the teams that are left, the three teams that are left besides them, um, Mm -hmm. are going to have a difficult time. I really do. I I don't think that the Rays are going to be something that you a team's going to necessarily steamroll. Uh, Put it this way: if it is Dodgers Rays or Atlanta Rays in the World Series, I don't think that either team is going to put up 15 runs on the Rays at all. Their pitching is way too good. Not in that bullpen either, because you're yeah. talking even just the starting rotation is good. Everything, now. the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, my biggest worry about them is still being able to hit. Hmm. Yeah, if they run into some good pitching on the other side, which the Braves are lacking a little bit right now, but if they run into the Dodgers, that could be a problem for them. If they can't score manufactured runs like they did in game one against the Blue Jays, and they have a team that can hit offensively, then it could be ugly, but we've seen the Rays do it for years. It does not get ugly with them. Rarely do they ever look foolish in a three-game series, in the playoffs, a five- or six-, seven-game series. So I yep. think that they have a good chance for sure. So you guys want to stick with your predictions, or are you changing what we got here now? No, I'm Somebody sticking with the it. Rays, I think. <laughs> I can't remember who. I, I think I had the Yankees in the World Series, and I can't remember who I had them playing. Uh, I know I jokingly tossed out the Marlins because they had never lost a playoff series. Yeah, that's what it was. Just talk because you want yeah. to see the Battle of Florida. Yeah, <laughs> like the two least cared about baseball teams, and that's evidenced by their uh, attendance under yes. circumstances. <laughs> how the Rays TV ratings do every year? I really, I, I never see that number. No, I always wonder because I would think that you know you would still respect the home team, but just the commute to that ballpark. Oh. Being a person that's done that that commute before, it blows. Same. <laughs> like an hour and a half to two hours on a very busy day, traffic-wise from Tampa. If you go leave from downtown, it's crazy. If you're Legit on a question. clear water side, though, you're fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Legit question. Seriously. If there was no pandemic and the Rays won the World Series, legit question. Right. Not even trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. How many show up to the parade? Seriously. Oh. A thousand? Oh. A thousand at best? I'm serious. Oh. Enough to fill the trop. No, like, I don't even think so. Like, where would their parade even be? That's because what I'm saying. Because they're at Petersburg. Like, it doesn't feel right for them to go downtown Tampa. And even then, like, do you end up at Raymond James where the Buccaneers play or somewhere That's else? Like, yeah. so I'm thinking a thousand tops. At least tops. Raymond James is on that side of Tampa. Yeah, it's by the airport. Where the... You know, where the lightning play is actually literally in downtown Tampa, and it's a beautiful arena. So, but I don't see them marching through that area of town. And there is nothing around that ballpark in St. Pete to even have fun at. No, I know. (laughs) How many diehards do you think there are? Serious question. How many diehards? Couple hundred? Yeah. I I have a good one for you. How many of those cowbells do you think you gave out while they're down there? Because that's like their normal giveaway. Do you think 10,000? No less. Uh, oh, you mean total since they started? Maybe. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm thinking. Think about it. We know of at least we could probably scout out a hundred diehard Blue Jays fans apiece, and we're only three people. For right? sure. And we're it represents an entire country, so it's unfair. Most of them are on this show. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You know, the ones that talk to us, the ones that we have interacted with throughout our years of covering the team. I'm really wondering if there are more than a th- if there are even a thousand diehard Rays fans. I don't. Th- yeah, I think I we're gonna have to reach it. out some of our old fan side Rays guys and see if there's anybody. <laughs> like, what? Do the- they have a fan side? Football <laughs> has to be the dominant sport in Florida, you'd imagine, right? Because you have Definitely. the Gators up in near Jacksonville or Gainesville, wherever it is. You have three NFL teams in that state. 
uh, and college is huge there, like UCF, all these different places. So University of Miami, yeah. Exactly. There's so many. And even then, uh, the Magic do decently well because it's Orlando's only professional sports team. Uh, and then Miami Heat yeah. are well for basketball, too. So baseball. The Magic's usually got a pretty good following, too. Well, so. and, and even now, yeah. hockey might be more popular especially in Tampa, than the Rays because Certainly. the Lightning have been a very competitive team for the last few years. So, and not to mention have an actual superstar on their team in Steven Stamkos. Oh, right. totally. And all the snowbirds who go down there too from Canada or even like northern United States that go down there and want to watch hockey may have adopted the Lightning as their team. So, yeah, I think the Rays and the Marlins are at the bottom of the pecking order. You an, an argument to be made with the Florida Panthers right around Miami, but uh, they're both near the bottom. So I agree with you, Adam. I'd be, I think we'd be hard pressed to buy 500. That's what I'm saying. I, I bet you, I bet you the Marlins have more fans than the Rays. I think so. Because think they so. won World Series and had some. Yeah, they've stars. been around longer too. You know, You're and it's not that's not lighter. All those guys that have been on that team. Why did I yeah. just name Blue Jays that became Marlins? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they've had Miggy. They've had um oh dude, who is the dude that pitched for uh, Beckett? They had Beckett. Josh, um, Josh during Johnson. That. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Rays. Oh, oh. But, yeah, but, you know Miami's not retirement central. No, Whereas Tampa right. is where you go to just settle down. You don't want to go to games. You don't even want to go to a fucking parade. No. So, you know. Players used to go there just to retire. Wade Boggs, Fred McGriff. Yes. Yeah. That That's guy from the rookie. I mean, that yes. got Dennis Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, good for them for still maintaining success. And they're crazy good at letting players go right at the right time. I know. I, that's another thing that I just can't stand about them. Every move they make seems to work out. Remember Chris Archer? Yeah. <laughs> he's nothing oh now. Oh, my God. He's, he was like a Cy Young candidate that year. He traded him. Why are you trading Chris Archer? Now he's, and, you know, he's the highest. He's probably like, about half that payroll for what I just said for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, totally. He totally is. <laughs> the dude that went to Philly. Oh, what was his name? He went to, oh, God. And he was. Ray Lamuto was the Marlin. No, he he played for he, he pitched for the Rays, and he ended up. I forget his name. This is gonna bother me now. Anyways, guys, I uh, just shout it out then. All right. Yeah, I will. So I will. anyway, before we get in our, you know, this turns into a, a freaking Tampa Bay Rays, Florida <laughs> podcast. I know you guys want to eventually retire and go somewhere nice where it's actually warm and have our three shit places, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I'll take Arizona. Give me Arizona. There, ugh, dry heat, gross. I'm staying where it's cold. If anything, I'm going to migrate north. I'll be actually in Toronto. <laughs> hey, yeah, come on up. Depending on what happens on November 3rd, you guys are welcome to come up. Ah, uh, there it is. <laughs> you had to pull the pin on that grenade, didn't you, Brendan? Uh, I mean, it might be a talking point in our next topic. I'm just saying. Uh, I'll just say to any Americans that are listening on this, you better get out and vote and do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we should use our platform over the next few weeks, even if it convinces a five people to go vote they absolutely need to that's the biggest problem in this country is only 60 people 60 percent of our people actually vote it's ridiculous yeah. it's stupid yeah. so anyways before it comes another type of podcast here i'm going to start opening up new shows so <laughs> fellas there has been all sorts of rumors floating around this past week everything from superstars to newfound stars to guys I can't even wait to never have on this team. <laughs> so um, I want to, I'm going to start some names out there and obviously in the midst of this conversation, feel free to throw out your own names that you've heard rumors or blue Jays quote unquote attachments to, 
But the first one I'm going to talk here because apparently we're going for Strowman 2.0 and Trevor Bauer. Mm. So I know you two have some shared opinions. I haven't been reading the Blue Jays Twitter, so I have my opinions. So let's just circle around the possibility of the Blue Jays following the Randall Gritchick tweet out to the world to none other than Trevor Bauer, asking him to hurry up and come back north of the, what was it, at like the border, like B-O-R-D-E-R instead of, you know, the yeah. <laughs> or like as in like, you know, this border to the, you know, what, the carpet or something like that. Um he prompt to brought Bauer's credit promptly turned around and goes, dude, you mean this? And uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was fun. It was a good Twitter transaction. But do you actually think that the blue Trevor Bauer is a fit for this team? Mr. Corsair, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a fit. I don't think he's going to go. You threw a brick of money at him. What do you think no, happens? No. If he becomes a blue Jay though. Quote unquote, hypothetical. If he becomes all right, all a blue right. jay, are you happy with that decision? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. I am. I, I, I I've been sort of champion for him to come and I know obviously he has some uh past issues with being uh just call it out for what it is. He's he's he was at least in two thousand sixteen a MAGA. Um and he was perpetuating the, the or at least uh agreeing with the birther story when it came with obama that's kind of gross by kind of i mean a lot um and it's really hard for me to separate uh especially with this political uh climate and i again we're not going to get into politics too in depth but it's really hard for me to separate how i feel about someone uh when it comes their political views such as that baseless obviously if you're just a republican that's fine no problem we have no issues but if you're pushing out something sort of racist and by sort of, I mean a lot again, um, I have an issue. But if we're talking just pure talent, we obviously need someone else to, you know, boost this rotation to add stability towards it. Trevor Bauer is reliable. Um, I think he's attractive to the one year deal at a time kind of thing, which would, you know, benefit the Blue Jays for 2021. Um, so in terms of a pure baseball move without personality behind it, yeah, I think he he's a perfect fit for this team. It's whether or not the Toronto Blue Jays fans can accept it. Now, I do think when it comes to uh, the phrase winning cures everything, I think there's a lot to do with that. This might be a little different. Um, and again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe his views have changed. Maybe he's sort of been enlightened in, sort of th- in some things. We don't know. It's never been put out there. I will say that I do like his communication to uh, Rob Manfred during the, the offseason and how he put out videos is very, to me, innovative. And that's the type of thing I'd like to see when it comes to players, more of the personality. And he's certainly pushing that. So you have pros and cons on both sides. Um, at the end of the day, this team has always been about culture. This team has always been about personalities and whether or not people can get along and mesh in the locker room. And if Shapiro and Atkins don't see him as a fit in that regard, I trust their judgment. If they do see him as a fit in that regard, I trust their judgment. Yeah. Mr. Panikar? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with Trevor Bauer. Uh, Adam, you touched on quite a bit of it. Uh, I'll say first and foremost to formulate my opinion. I wasn't trying to pick a side yesterday because Blue Jays Twitter was pretty divided yesterday. Mm, very. So we were like, let's yeah, go, like, fire, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different opinions, and I respect all of them, uh, regardless of what side of the spectrum we fall on. Um, I'll first start by saying this, like, 
Yes, 2016, he made his political views very, very well known. Like it wasn't, he, he didn't even hide it. He was very much pushing Trump for president. And he hasn't done that in the last few years. He's definitely kept that quiet. Maybe he's grown up as an individual, probably not um, in terms of his political views, but out of sight, out of mind. And I say that because the Blue Jays fan base going into 2016 knew that Josh Donaldson was also a mega. Maybe mm-hmm. not like right in your face, but Josh Donaldson was definitely a trumper. Uh, and John Gibbons was as well. And the well, phrase was aside, right? <laughs> well, aside, they, they're, they're celebrated as heroes for that era of Blue Jays baseball. John Gibbons, uh, nobody has anything bad to say about him. Um, nobody ever brings up the fact that he is a Trump guy. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure he's openly admitted it uh, when he's been asked about it. And same with Josh Donaldson. So from that perspective, I think if Trevor Bauer comes out here and he does sign here and throws a complete game shutout in the playoffs, everybody, that that, that will get swept under the rug and people will maybe view him uh, like they did Donaldson and Gibbons. The one aspect of what he does on social media that I don't like necessarily is he does seem to call out women quite a bit when they attack him. And it only seems to be women that he replies to. Um, so there are people who didn't like the fact that he doesn't seem to be the greatest towards females. However, the only counterpoint I see to that is he has hired a woman agent, one of the first in baseball. Uh, and he said openly anything to help women grow and get more into the game of baseball is good with me. And that's his agenda. So again, maybe that's a, a bit of a sign of growth. So I'm not a fan of not signing a guy because of his talent and uh, in, in people saying that he can't grow up or mature a little bit. I think everybody should deserve that unless you're a complete racist or a complete homophobic or complete misogynistic, whatever it is. So Bauer, the player, absolutely sign me up. Uh, Bauer, the person, I think... <laughs> <laughs> the whole woman aspect of it and the fact that that's pretty noted maybe pushes it more towards a no for me with the person himself. So I think if this was next off season, he fits even better. Cause Adam, you brought up really quickly. Um, he does believe in short term one year, two year deals. Uh, and I don't think this team is ready to compete for a world series. Bauer is the last kind of piece that you had to compete for a world series. I think that's next off season. Yeah. So I agree with everything that is on the table. I am also the flip side of this point that I think one of the things this team is actually missing is somebody to light a fire under everybody's ass a little bit. And Trevor Bauer has that in spades, just like how Josh Donaldson came in and cleaned up a locker room that was quote-unquote lazy Mm. in 2013, 2014. This team right now, I think they're already leaps and bounds above where we were pre-2015 as far as work ethic, leadership, and all that kind of good stuff. But there isn't that fire starter. I love the leadership dynamic that we have with Bichette, Biggio, and Vladdy, and you know the veteran guys like Shoemaker and whatnot that are in our lineup. And I really would be shocked if Shoemaker does not make a return here on a cheap one-year deal after everything being said and done here. So I'm going to continue to lump him into that without, you know, cause of pause. <laughs> so... Um, but those are the kind of guys you normally have in a locker room. I just think that there is something to be said for that one guy that will call somebody out in a locker room as long as they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, obviously. And that was what Josh Donaldson was in 2015. And there is something I think to be said about that. It's, nothing gets done if nobody gets done, doesn't talk about it 
in the locker room, right? Similar to the you know political terribleness that we are in right now. If it doesn't come up, nobody talks about it. If nobody starts that conversation, somebody could start that conversation. And we already know that Trevor Bauer is apparently vocal on any topic you are possibly going to bring up to him, whether it's Manfred's an idiot, let the kids play, or apparently all the terribleness that we've been talking about in the last few minutes. So there's nothing off the table. <laughs> so I just hope that he doesn't call his teammates out on his show and mm. not to their face. Yeah. That was the only thing that would scare me a little bit. That stuff should be in the locker room with your teammates, not broadcast it all over the place. But the fun dynamic that he had with Tim Anders this Tim Anderson this season, that was gold. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I, that's to me, I would sign him up and I just get it done and get it over with because I think the one-two punch of him is the difference in the world between him and Ryu right now at the top of this rotation. And it solidifies it. And if it is on a one, two year deal, you only got one or two years to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all, Jeremy Hellickson was the guy I was thinking of. Um, uh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sold him uh, at the right Jeremy Hellickson too. Yes. Um, secondly, I, I, I sort of, I, I understand that this would be, as I said, a, a great baseball move for the Jays, and it makes a lot of sense in that regard to sort of push them. But, um, again, not to take anything away from the season, I've been on record to say this is one of my favorite seasons, and it was it was great to have them in the playoffs. They weren't making the playoffs as a, if this was a full 162. They just weren't. And I don't know that if you had the same roster the way it was, plus a Trevor Bauer, that they're getting into the playoffs still in a full yeah, 162. I agree. I don't. I don't necessarily see that. So if he's looking for one-year deals, uh, Brennan, I'm inclined to agree with you, man. I'll let him just let him flirt with whatever he wants for that one year. And then in 2022, yeah, that you can. Yep. it will probably be cheaper at that point, right? Because he's coming off a really solid season with Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. So if, if he's probably going to command like 20 mil coming off for a year. And I don't know as a, as a Blue Jays fan that I feel comfortable paying that for something that may not, pushes towards the postseason against right. everything can change you can make moves at the trade deadline to put yourself in that position again but i'd rather see what we have with this team right now to really iron out the needs maybe you make a move for something like that the trade deadline when it makes more sense and it would still be a little bit cheaper about half the cost um or you revisit that in 2022 which is probably what would make more sense for the yeah. success of this team yeah the only thing that catch would be right now is if you're throwing it and throwing him money, that would be all you're investing. It's one right. year. Here's yeah. some money. And we actually have some this year. <laughs> right. Unless they, but you know, assuming we don't talk about any of these other rumors that have been going on that right. will obviously net some uh, serious cash as well. Um, moving along because I don't want to run too long here. The other things I've been reading and I can't believe I'm even having to say this, but it's been coming up in frickin' articles, and I'm sure it has something to do with the Bauer fallout. Marcus Stroman reunion. It makes me honestly sick to my stomach right now. And uh, from all the shaking heads, I'm assuming I'm just going to skip this topic and move right along. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a no for Unless me. either you want to really do it. <laughs> I mean, it's a no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, especially, he won't sign here with Shapiro or Atkins here either. I wouldn't be opposed to it if, if he was open to it, but nah, I don't want to do it again. I'm good. Did he get hurt this year, or did he flat out just say I'm not doing it? Both. He got hurt. Yeah, that's that was both because of the injury. He right. just said, yes. yeah. Okay, I couldn't recall, but I for some reason I was like 50-50. Now that it makes complete wide sense why I was 50-50 in it. Next yeah. one, and I like I said, I cringe at this one too. 
there's been a bunch of articles in the Blue Jays Twitterverse and whatnot lately about the Blue Jays going needing to go after George Springer. Brendan Panikar, I'm going to let you go after this one first, as I just gave Bauer to freaking Mr. Corsair. <laughs> <laughs> All good. I, uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't hear much of Springer uh, during this 60-game season. Uh, I'm going to pull up his Fangraphs page right now so I don't miss you. not hearing about a person that's supposed to be the guy that's your poster child of your team. Mind you, right. remember, George Springer, poster child on um, Sports Illustrated. And it said what? Your 2018 World Series champions? Yeah. Yeah. And he... Uh, he Banging he, on trash cans, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it now, he actually did have himself quite a good season <laughs> in 2020. Um, he was almost worth two wins. Um, I'm not sure where that would rank him on the Blue Jays uh, in, uh, outfielders. I think he would probably fall behind Teoscar uh, a bit, maybe. Because um, Teoscar had a fantastic season. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I just like, I really don't think that they will pay what it would take to get George Springer, and I think they're quietly very happy with the state of the outfield right now because you saw how Lourdes grew and had himself a great year. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez was a star, uh, to put You're it. You're getting one. above replacement from Gritchick. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> His defense alone will get you uh, above replacement level, and adding the fact he wasn't horrible offensively. Uh, except for the latter half of the season. Uh, so I do think that they're going to be content with those three uh, moving forward. Now, if you want to get crazy and trade Randall uh, or sell high on T. Oscar, which I wouldn't want to do, um, but if they did feel so inclined, then absolutely bring in George Springer. But I do think there's a guy out there who's a better fit, which we can get into later. I'll let you go with that right after we finish this piece of the conversation yeah, yeah. sure but just to put this in perspective as far as the you know what eventual payday for george springer is going to be they're not going to look at what he's done this year which is like you said been a two war but they're going to look at the ridiculous six war he put up last season with all the cheating and everything going on and all that kind of stuff my biggest thing is i don't want my team investing in a guy that was even associated with that whole thing i just don't even want to deal with it it's not worth it to me, and I feel like I'm overpaying because of that cheating, because the numbers are inflated. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. go for it, Adam. I can see um, you talking about our process. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it depends on the cost, and I think it, it would be relatively high, um, but I lean, again, more towards Brendan saying I think the, the outfield is – decent the way it is it obviously could be better but it's pretty good it exceeded our expectations as we've noted um i assume that they're going to try to extend teoscar hernandez which is again we've discussed before that's pretty much the most urgent thing i they should do um in terms of the the current staff uh i'm sort of i'd rather go after peterson honestly if we're gonna look for outfield help um i think it would be cheaper um he's championship pedigree or at least you know nlcs championship pedigree um but uh i just i think he makes a lot more sense i know he's not really that great against left-handed hitters i mean uh pitching but um if we're gonna go for outfield i'd, I'd rather do that um i i don't i just kind of like the way our outfield is shaping up the way it is and again if they're not going to trade randall graychuk i think that's what you have in store for it so it's obviously if we're adding depth pieces neither of those options are depth pieces right they're not fourth outfielders and they're not going to sign to be a fourth outfielder um so that's gonna be the case i'd rather just have jonathan davis play all day every day that's what i'm saying worst case scenario defense he's 
the the runs he prevents are infinite compared to what he might get, you know, on offense. Right. But <laughs> at right. least you got that piece of it. But right. Brendan, I know you got somebody on the tip of your tongue as far as rumor or who you'd like to see him go after. What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I, I've seen people toss this name around quite a bit, and I'm not opposed to it at all. That's Michael Brantley. You know, he's not a spring chicken by any means. He will be 34 uh, next season. Um, so he's getting older, but just in terms of the fit of needing uh, a fourth outfielder or a guy who spell Lourdes uh, or spell T. Oscar to go DH, or, or Michael Brantley being a full-time DH, uh, I think he kind of fits in like a puzzle piece, kind of like Melky Cabrera did a few years ago on that 2014 team when he was healthy. Um, just seems to fit in nicely. A good clubhouse guy. He has the Shapiro and Atkins connections. He wouldn't be lo- looking for a long-term deal either. Um, and I'm sure in a pinch he could play some first. I thought he did a few years ago, but nothing showing up. I thought he did, but yeah, I think Michael Brantley, just with the Shapiro and Atkins connection, he's on the downswing of his career, but still a very productive hitter, would be very, very good to add. And if it's not him, the other guy I've seen people throw around, um, and this would be bouncing uh, or banking on a bit of a bounce back, is Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm not opposed to it. I don't think it would get me excited, but that would be a, a fourth outfielder, fourth yeah, outfielder. I'm <laughs> where Springer is, I mean, it's not Springer. Um, uh, what's his face? We were just talking about Brantley. Michael Brantley uh, would be, he'd be a, almost an everyday player and he'd be very productive. Yeah. Well, the nice thing I like about Brantley is one way or the other, he's going to hit. Yeah. Jackie exactly. Bradley, I don't know what I'm getting from him. Yeah. I saw him playing the Meyer Leagues, dude, and I never thought in a million years he was ever actually going to make it to the majors from what I saw. He looked like he was completely out of his depth when I saw him playing in New Hampshire when I met Mr. Corsair for the Portland Sea Dog. <laughs> so it was just, I couldn't believe it. Defense was there all day. Mm. But I, it, it, to me, you begin inheriting another Randall Grichik or another Kevin Pillar. I don't really see what your upside yeah. is with Jackie Bradley Jr. Where with Brantley, one way or the other, I slot him into the DH and spell him a few days in the outfield with some guys. He'll keep him healthy. And he knows how to drive in runs as the equivalent of maybe having like a Dave Winfield-esque guy in your lineup to be able to just drive in runs and kind of count on in that fifth, sixth spot in your lineup and call it a day. Really is. Are we averse to Nelson Cruz? No. I would love to see Nelson Cruz. No, not at all. It's off the second deck That's all day. what I'm saying. Dude's 40, <laughs> right? But still, he's hitting. He's still hitting home runs. He yeah. would be your full-time DH. Yeah. That, the catch so you can't rely on you know joe panic playing dh okay <laughs> algorithm people um it, it's it's oh, no. he's the david ortiz for the toronto blue jays if he signs for a year but again he's sort of on obviously on the downturn of his career even though he's still producing but do you make that move if you're not making the push does it make sense to do that or is it just like hey we're sort of in the push and hey we're we're trying. We have Nelson Cruz. So, you know, is that's, that what that singles? That it's not like, Kendris Morales. Come on. Say that kind of or Shaw. 17 move where it's just like, yeah, yeah, you can see what you can get out of it. It feels very 2017 esque. Yeah. We didn't sign Edwin, but we got yeah. Morales. Yay. Yay. 
<laughs> it's like it's like dollar store Edwin. No, we... yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Might as well just call a trade for a freaking Edwin and call the White Sox up, give them the world, you know, one of our random prospects, and you get Edwin back. At least we can discussed. see a few more of these, right? <laughs> it was discussed, man. It was, it was rumored. It, it does feel like Edwin's destined to end with a ten, with one more tenure as a Blue Jay. It yes. really does. I feel like his makes the most sense too, because one way or the other, he's just gonna mash. I can't. He had a good season with the White Sox. It was a little up and down, but mm. I was happy with what I saw from him, especially with the, what you're talking about with the contract, what you're getting from him right now. He's, but that's the last piece. If you talk about what we have built around the, every position right now, guys, and you add somebody like Nelson Cruz or Edwin Encarnacion at the end of it to be that DH veteran guy, clutch, that's the difference between a championship team and somebody that just misses out. So all for it. Is there any other names, rumors, or anything that you gentlemen have heard that you would like to discuss here before we wrap things up? Um, this is outside, obviously, the Robbie Rays and the Shoemakers and the uh... – the walkers, right? Well, obviously, we want yeah. them back. Uh, them Correct. aside, well, the uh, rumor, rumor stuff that we've heard so far, because it yeah. seemed like all of a sudden this week it was like, okay, we got Trevor Bauer all of a sudden like going <laughs> nuts on the freaking Twitter. It, there was a there was a baseball conversation this week on Twitter, and that's why I think I wanted to steer this week's episode this direction sure. versus some of our way too early predictions that we were chit chatting about. And I'm kind of thinking that I'm going to goof around and we're going to toss that on Twitter with how long this is ran. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, my, yeah. my final is a, is a reunion with Liam Hendricks. I think that would be nice. Ooh, that'd be that amazing. would be a fun one. That yeah. has been talked about pretty good this week, too. Signing for a two-year, three-year deal, maybe. Probably going to have to do three, but he's familiar with the organization. I don't recall any bad blood between them um so i think you got to start with the blue jays right you did Um, there you go come back home man and uh it was one of those things that would be like i think that's really the one mistake we've made yeah yeah last few years so it's like a reconciliation that was uh (laughs) trade for jesse chavez and that did not work out at all (laughs) one of the best closers in the last two years right yeah (laughs) for a guy that's been on how many teams Jesse Chavez has at least been on three or four teams since then. Just oh, saying. for sure. It's crazy <laughs> that Chavez, either last year or two years ago, was actually pitching somewhat meaningful innings in the playoffs for the Cubs. Like that was just he with the Rangers, up. too, for a little bit there? And he was like their only good starter? Yeah, yeah. He actually turned into a pretty legit starter with the Rangers for a little while. Oh, jeez. So, but, you know, that would be a very – and honestly, if they're not going to go after Ken Giles, and right now, as much as I like Ken Giles and being that guy that we were talking about with uh, being somebody that lights a fire on everybody's ass, I don't see the reunion happening. There's been too many injuries. Unless they're getting him for a dime. And barely I don't it. think he's going to get a dime. I don't I think don't, he's going to get a contract. Yeah. I, I really would be shocked if he gets anything. He's going to get one of those uh, – very incentive-laden minor league deals to uh, if you make the team out of spring training, I think. Spring training invite kind of thing, yeah. Correct. I don't think anybody's going to want to take the risk on him on an actual major league deal. He hasn't been healthy for two years at all. So. Yeah. You're saying Tampa. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and he'll come And back he'll be the best stuff. closer in baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the only team that would give Ken Giles a major league contract would be the Blue Jays. Extending as a olive branch or a sign of good faith is Adam on a two-year deal. Kind of what they did with David Phelps, remember? How they yeah. signed David Phelps when he was injured, rehabbing and coming back. Uh, and then they did have Phelps under contract for a year after on an option. I could see something very similar to Ken Giles. It gives him some money. Allows him to rehab. If he comes back, great. Uh, maybe trade him a few years down the road. 
But uh, yeah, if it's not the Blue Jays, I don't see it. Ken Giles getting a job, uh, another ma- guaranteed major league contract anytime soon, if ever. Thomas Hatch 2.0 again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, like I said, uh, we had some other plans for tonight, but we've already, you know, the rumor mill took over and the bat flip. <laughs> hey, I'm straight. cool with it, man. Anytime yeah, we can reminisce. Strange are okay with it. Yeah. Okay with it. Same, with you. Same here. It's a good show. Is there anything else you two would like to add before we do our typical, you know, Sign off. <laughs> Are oh, we just gonna do two claps and rip- <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, go, go Niners! They're trying to save their fucking season on Sunday night against the fans. So <laughs> I think they're done. And I've already seen some 49ers fans in the uh, tank for Trevor Lawrence uh, category. No, where I'm like, no, no. guys, that's like that's an overreaction, like crazy. They're not taking or getting Trevor Lawrence. It's gonna be one of the two New York teams. Like, come on. Yes, yeah. you're right. They're- yeah. The Jets just released Le'Veon Bell because they're embracing the tank. Do you oh, think they're absolutely. really going to do anything different without yeah. him now? Darnold isn't carrying that team anywhere. You mean uh, future Darnold. Patriot Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, 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 that's the one <laughs> thing I could see for sure. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's going to piss me off about the whole Le'Veon Bell thing is the Patriots will get him and somehow beat so us. I just said. Yeah. <laughs> it's either them or the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs really make is. a little bit more sense. Yeah, because they don't have LaShawn McCoy to freaking run the ball with him anymore. <laughs> I'm so, saying. Um, but anyways, before it spins into another you know, yeah, football yeah. episode here, gentlemen, two claps, Ric Flair, and let's go Blue Jays. All right. Woo! Let's go Blue let's Jays. Go Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.